As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, battles, extreme tournaments, and maybe an angry discussion about a certain Game of Thrones? We'll find out. abrupt than I wanted. I don't know if anyone can hear that. I'm Jack. I'm Joel. And you're listening to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of University of Guelph, (sighs) Guelph, Ontario. It is currently very nice outside, but if this is going to air on Thursday when it normally does, I think it might be raining. So if it is raining, I'm sorry about the weather. It's not my fault. Get off my back. Man, this rain. (laughs) <laughs> How about that rain? <laughs> I gotta say, this uh, this other studio that we've started using is uh, much more, the chairs are much more comfortable. And it's also quiet. And the other one, if anyone moves around, it sounds like something like, <laughs> they're squeak, 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 and squeak, I was, squeak. <laughs> I was always on edge trying to, yeah, exactly, like trying to avoid the... <laughs> <laughs> if this studio is a creak and don't come at knocking because it'll inter- interrupt our sessions. <laughs> we'll edit that out. No, we won't. <laughs> no, 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 please don't. Um, uh, as usual... We Jack, like... I'm going to ask you first. Oh, excellent. This what have you been a t- lately? Thank you for asking, Joel. Uh, so recently I was in uh, Tobermory uh, for a camping trip. And spoiler, it wasn't really camping because Jack doesn't like camping. But uh, we got to use a yurt, which is uh, really cool. Kind of like a uh, get, expel the whole Mongolian palace out of your mind. It's it's similar. It's a rounded, giant, nice canvasy tent that's got a nice hardwood floor, and it feels like a tiny cabin. Basically, have you ever seen the yurt? Have you ever been here? Uh, actually, uh, we camped in Oregon, and most of the people in my group camped in the yurt, uh-huh. and I hung out in it for a bit. It was lovely. Uh, and I was like, oh, this isn't real camping. And I camped in a tent. And I was like, oh, I'm the only one freezing my ass off. Everyone else is in the toasty yurt. It's, uh, I, most people say, oh, it's like yurting's not real camping. It isn't. You're not camping. You happen to be in a place. It's like a, a temporary cabin. Let's just say that. But I always say this in my defense. I've been camping for... Uh, I feel like 23 years, I'm done with tents. You've given it a shot. I, I'm sick of lying on the ground. I'm sick of waking up cold and wet. I'm sick of hearing rustling outside and thinking, is this my last <laughs> day on earth because of the bloody bear that's going to come in? But the reason I bring it up is because uh, when you're camping, you got to pick certain games. And you come you come into these events and you know, like how many people are going to be there and what sort of audience do you have and what, what, sort, of, what sort of game would you bring? And I'm going to ask you, Joel, like, if you're going camping, what would you bring? Codenames. Codenames classic. We forgot. <clears throat> um, you know, I have 
I'm still ambitious, so I'll still bring. I mean, you came with me. I brought. Uh, what did I bring? What was you that? Istanbul, Concordia, Concordia, <laughs> like Concordia, <laughs> perfect camping game. Right? There's not too many I'm pieces in right Concordia. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, what did you bring? Uh, so we ended up bringing, and so we're camping with six people total, uh, including uh, myself and uh, my girlfriend and my girlfriend, and we brought in um, brought Tenzies, which is this dice game. And it's uh, there's like 77 ways to play it. It's this comes as a little book, and you can choose which sort of version of the game you want to play. You remember those games coming up, like those little electronic handhelds that had a thousand and one games on them? But it's like <laughs> and they're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> none of them are good. It's like just give me Caterpillar or Snake or whatever you want to call it and call it a day. Uh, so anyway, there's Tenzies. It's a it's a neat game. We played in Mexico, uh, different versions of it. I got destroyed just each time because it's a lot of it's just like pick them up, throw them down. Who can pick them up, throw them down faster? And it's like, do, do you keep going? You're trying to get all of one all of one number. And it's like, okay, I rolled a bunch of threes, but now all of a sudden a bunch of sixes are coming up. Do I avoid, abort the threes? Anyway, that was just one of the versions. We didn't get to play tensies. Always go for tensies. I don't even know what tensies is. Like, tensies? I got a lot of tens. When you, weird die. This is in D&D. Uh, so we did We did not play Tenzies. We brought that. Um, we brought Bonanza, which I know is your fan favorite, and we didn't get a chance to play that either. Uh, although I felt like we were gearing up to it, but we would have had to explain it again to two people and or three people, and it was just like a, interest was low for Bonanza. I don't mind it. I think it plays quickly. Um, we did get to play two rounds of Archaeology, or maybe three games of Archaeology. Do you, have you played Archaeology? I'm no, pretty sure. Not. It's uh, a little card game. And it's a, it's a definition of push-your-luck um, set collection. And you play a role of this archaeologist in some distant uh, exotic place. And what you do is every turn you draw from the top of the deck and you can get a treasure, which is of different values. Um, you can get a sandstorm, which causes everyone to either lose half of all the treasure they've, they're holding on to, uh, round it up, uh, unless they play a tent card of which you only have one. Or you get a thief, which lets you steal one random card from another player. Uh, do, are we you remembering play, this we now? We did play this, yeah. 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 And uh, there's this market that's set up there. So you see a bunch of things here. And you can take the cards in your hand of value, and you can exchange any number of them as long as it's equivalent value. So let's say there's a pharaoh's mask that's worth $4, but you've got $4 spread across you in like three different things. You can slap all down and grab the pharaoh's mask, which is a poor choice. You're just getting stolen from you. But uh, And then the more you have of something, you can sell it to the museum, it belongs in a museum, and you can get <laughs> money of varying quantities. And it's a really neat game. I think it's mean at six players because it's just you there's do not. Of, there's a lot of taking or five players, excuse me, taking things from other people, isn't there? Well, yeah. There's tons of thieves. There's like thirteen thieves in the deck, yeah. and there's uh, <clears throat> there's uh, six sandstorms that uh, can show up. Like, the first game we played was brutal. Like, it was just sandstorm, sandstorm, sandstorm. So nobody had – everyone was just sitting at one car, basically, and it's tough to get going. But the thing about archaeology that's really neat is there's this there's this randomly generated sort of special area that you need maps to get into. And some of them only need one. Some of them need three or some of them need different quantities. And you can go there and get a bunch of cool treasure before. But it's still it's – it's a game. It's a random luck game, but you're trying to mitigate the badness and – uh, you try to read other people and not be sitting there like obviously taking a pharaoh's mask and then hoping that in the four other turns before someone gets to you that there's not a thief that shows up because you'll just be the first person that comes after you. But I think it's a really neat game. It's very portable. It's fun. And uh, it maybe can be extremely frustrating like everything else if it doesn't go your way. But uh, I would recommend it. It's inexpensive too. It's just a little card game and it, it's pretty. What's your, what's your go-to strat then? 
with big player accounts, you have to um, you have to not be greedy, which is tough to do in this game, but it's impossible to stay keep things for long periods of time. So it's worth it to go for the smaller point sets, not talking about the ones that take you four of something or the bit ones like the Pharaoh's Mask, which takes you 40 at 50 points, which is a holy grail, but you're never going to get it. So just go for like the simple like 20 points. If you're lucky, like a 30 pointer or something and spread it across. And if you do have something big in your hand, try to get some crap <laughs> for someone if they're trying to steal from you that at least it's not like a, a guarantee that they're going <laughs> to get it. Your, fighting up your hand because they have to take a random one. Yeah, they have to take a random one. But then you st- you're still at the mercy of the sandstorm. So then it's like, all right, well, when is it worth it? I didn't use my tent at all when I played. So say what? Take that when as you When you will. get sandstormed, um, you choose what you lose? Uh, yeah, you get to choose. So usually, and again, it's a buffer again. So if you have a bunch of crap, if the thieves don't, if they didn't uh, trick the thieves, then at least you can throw it away as part of that. But it it's fun. It's but some people had atrocious luck. I had atrocious luck the first time, so <laughs> it comes and goes. Um, Sounds good. And I got one more after, but I'm gonna ask you, Joel. What have you been playing recently? Well, I'm ashamed to say I have loaded up Fallout 4 for the <laughs> fourth time. No, fourth no. <laughs> it's, it's just the worst. It's just mindless. It's, it's like it's, it's, I don't have to think about it. I don't. I'm not committed to the story in any way. I just go do another thing. Lord, forgive him. He knows not what he. Yes, he does. He knows exactly what he's doing. All right. Well, I I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to see if I could just do none of the story. Okay. Right. So obviously, you need. I wanted some quests, and how do you grind endless quests? Do you just go to every town and there's just like a bulletin board or something, and it's like, oh, go to this spot here and kill these raiders, or is it village request help, or what is it? Yeah, it's the. just bringing up the factions here because I can't remember their names. Uh, oh, yeah, of course, the Minutemen. So mm-hmm. the, probably everybody's most hated faction. <laughs> I can't stand this guy. It shows up everywhere I go. Oh, you're needed by the Minutemen. Oh, uh, my God. Come do this meanly, meaningless quest that won't get you anywhere in the game. Before, come do this Before you go any further, quest. how long did it take you the first run before you realized they were just randomly <laughs> A <generated>? long time. Because <laughs> I was about... <laughs> I probably did about 40 before I was like, oh, these don't actually ever end or they don't progress into anything else. It's like, this farm's in trouble. Without, without derailing you too much, that sums up one of the big problems of the game. There's no sense of progression, really. It's not like, again, with these Minutemen, you're doing all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, they still need my help. I'm, I'm like a walking tank that can destroy the entire world. And you need me to, like, punch some guy in the face down there. Yeah. It's like, you really need me for this. <laughs> These guys are invading this farm. These two guys with yeah. rifles. <laughs> like, maybe we can outsource this one. It's, <laughs> save some time and money. But anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, some of the factions have interesting plot lines. But really, the fun of, fun of the game for me is the, is the gameplay. And I don't like... Uh, you know that functionality that they have where you can level it up and you just kind of click a button and you get perfect shots every oh, time. Oh, the VAT system. Yeah, hitting V and just calling it a day. <laughs> exactly. So I'll just, every single time I play, I just find the best sniper rifle I can and I just go around and I slowly kill everything. <laughs> and I like to go to places that are just way too difficult for me because then you get better stuff. Yeah. Well, that's what, I'll, I'll give follow for this. It did encourage you to play on higher difficulties because... Um, the the random weapon drops were linked to, like, you got better stuff on the harder difficulty. So if you're fighting certain elite monsters or legendary monsters with a star in their name, the odds are they're going to drop something worthwhile. Whereas, but it got to the point, at least when I was playing, that um, 
like I was making my own worthwhile stuff. Like they didn't drop anything that was neat. Half the time I was taking their thing and turning into like screws and a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and some pencil Use it for some scrap steel, yeah, some or something. scrap steel, something that was just bugging. Build a tower with it. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, oh boy, this was nice. The, the, that was one thing that is just terrible. Is the the community building part of the game? Oh, boring. Seemed amazing when you first started. Oh boy, right? yeah. and then about. You know, two hours in, you realize, oh, this is it. Yeah. Your population grows. Yeah. And what what's the population for, Joel? What does it do? What's the benefit? You walk around and see all your happy people. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I, maybe no. It's a legit question. It's a I, cool concept. In what did you say? Cool concept. Concept. Ah, yeah. yes, I see. It, I, I always like to give games. Uh, and this goes for board games too. Yeah. Credit for ideas they have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perfect case in point, um, betrayal. Okay, cool idea. Mm-hmm. Fifty possible outcomes. Somebody in our group is going to betray everybody else. Yep. Sounds great. Good concept. Yep. Poor execution. Oh, it, but it goes to show. Like, why has going back to betrayal? Why is it so difficult? Why has somebody not copied this and made it better? Right. Like, why has nobody ripped it off? It seems so basic. Just the idea, like. It, it it's mind-boggling how simple it is in in core concept. I get that like the you can't trademark mechanics it's that I'm aware of. So what's stopping someone from coming in? Like what the best we're getting is a sequel of sorts, which is Betrayal of Baldur's Gate, which like because what the fans needed was a D and D themed uh, <laughs> Betrayal at House on Haunted Hill or Gums Cthulhu Betrayal. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Well, they they've sort of done their unofficial ones with like, oh no, the sea monster in the basement's coming. And it's like yeah, they, they already have a ritual some. or something. Big deal. Um, I would like to see it with a lot less possibilities and i i know that downplays playability but look at these legacy games right yeah. how many play how many replays do you need risk legacy with its 16 or uh uh pandemic legacy with how many are there 12 it's uh you get a year's worth of stuff so two two of uh, two games a month basically. well worth the money but how many aside aside from like let's say dc or istanbul or something how many of your games have you actually played 16 times it's <laughs> exactly like, but that's part of it like just it encourages you to play it, which is a really cool concept that not everything has to be legacy. It's like I thought it was going to be a gimmick that was going to take everything. Everything was going to be legacy when we were looking at it. But um, I think Gloomhaven has a, like a very limited legacy element to it. Um, a new uh, Stone Stonemaier game coming out, which I'm really excited. Charterstone has limited nice. uh, legacy elements as well. Fabled Fruit was a legacy deck builder or card game, but you could just... Put them back into the deck if you wanted to. There to sort of throw a small aspect of it. And thinking about Scythe, I know we talk about it every fucking no, week. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, but um, they 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 give you that chart right where you get to record who won this first. Yeah. Right. It's not a leg. Like, it doesn't change the game. It's, it's scorekeeping. But, uh, but even that, yeah. even something like scorekeeping, I think is is an interesting mechanic that doesn't really come in and it like at least lets you you can look through that so for those who don't know um scythe comes with this achievement chart that's closer what it is than but it is a legacy system in the raw sense that you look back on the legacy of people who've played the game before and you can see oh who's the first person to win without going to the factory no one by the way and who's the first person to uh, win without like getting like with just all their basic workers like it goes through the list of all these things like steam achievements almost that are very tricky to get i think some of them this one like win without max which yeah 
Seems pretty tough. Good luck. I, that's promo, unless everyone's going for it at the same time. It was also like win of 2016. Yeah, win yeah, of one year. yeah exactly, it's exactly. Easy. It's a neat thing to add, and I think obviously you can just like mock one up yourself, but you don't need an official one. But I think the the concept of something like that being added by the designers consciously as an afterthought, it doesn't have to be core element of the game, even if like Risk Legacy style could be part of it, where it's like the first person to... Is there something like first person to uh, fire a missile, like open up this box, or like it, there's little gameplay yeah. triggered things as well? So, well, and yeah, and risk legacy for sure. Um, I was thinking about just back to the video games. Um, I mean, they've got things like SimCity, and I know that you can play multiplayer. And then I started thinking about okay, well, people have shared you know their buildings and stuff in like a communal world in mm-hmm. something like Minecraft. Do you know of any games where, say, you were in sort of a Fallout 4 situation where yep. you're in a combat game, and then you can build up your base kind of thing, and other people can come knock it down? I know it's been tried. Well, the sad thing is that what you're talking about is basically all those awful Clash of Clans games and all those things, <laughs> because they all at the root have this, like, you build up your base, and you protect against people that are coming into you, and you're attacking other people, so... In a, in a broad sense, it's been done to death almost. But in a good way, I don't know. Um, it's not coming to mind. I think Ark, um, the uh, sandbox uh, computer game where it involves dinosaurs and uh, it's kind of like a DayZ mix between survival sim and an action game. But it's actually where you need to build up defenses because if you log off, your character is asleep and you can wake up and somebody's murdered you. Mm. wake up and someone's murdered you well you can you can find that somebody's logged in yeah logged in and uh, something terrible's happened to your character so um i think i think that's where we're kind of moving is these survival sims which for better for worse are kind of dominating the markets like uh some people we play with they're they're obsessed with this player unknown battlegrounds which is another oh that looks really good by the way i actually watched uh, one of my friends play i was gonna say i think like everyone we know plays it so i was tempted but it's early access you know the concept early access yeah it's uh we'll describe it give it give it to the listeners uh just imagine that you've got a thousand people in a giant combat map Mm -hmm. and it's free for all it's last man standing wins yep of course, you can go in with squads. So that's another mod. So it's not always last man standing. Maybe group of three, group of four. Anyway, you start with a thousand people. One wins. Uh, the idea is the map gets starts huge, and you drop wherever you want, and you don't know uh, where, but the map is going to shrink, mm-hmm. and the map just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. Oh, it doesn't tell you where it starts it gets, to shrink, or it's well, like... it's different circles around <clears> the map, and then. This circle gets smaller. And oh, okay. So there's a warning smaller. at least. It's not just like, oh, yeah. you're in the wrong zone. I'll give you a five-minute warning yeah. or something like that. And then if you're in, if you're outside of that circle, you're slowly taking damage until you die. Okay. So basically, think about it, right? A thousand people, they're nice and spread out. Yeah. And then these circles start shrink and yeah, start to yeah. shrink. So you're setting up your base and you, you know, you've got the perimeters all guard and these, these fights take hours right well it's because it's not sorry to interrupt but it's because it's the damage is realistic in quotation marks because like you can only you can't just run in take a million bullets and be like oh i gobbled a health pack it's like no basically you get hit you get knocked out if you get hit again you're dead uh you can try to crawl away when you're knocked out um but if your friend doesn't come and revive you and kill that guy that just needs to shoot you again yeah you're done okay so it, it is did you ever play DayZ? 
No, I didn't either, and I, I wanted to. But it was one of these games, again, early access. It's been in alpha or beta for forever. I think I think I was reading about it in 2012, thinking about, oh, this is cool. Mm-mm, not ready yet. Uh, but this one, again, another early access game that's coming out. And it looks pretty much like I think there's more to do as far as aesthetics and tweaking and things. But it looks pretty done. I just don't want to slap down the cash on it. But it's, it's this new genre of game. It's this. I love the idea of this. It's I love this the idea that your character matters. Yeah. That it takes time. Like, it's not just, a, it's not deathmatch. And that's the difference is it's not Quake 3 where you're dead, but you're back in a second and big deal. This one, it's, you want to stay alive. You've really invested in it. You're yeah. investing. You found some good weapons. Hopefully you're, you've got, maybe you're, you're seeing people, their numbers are dropping and it's like, oh, I'm still alive. That's kind of cool. Maybe I can win this thing. And yeah. now you're being careful. Now you're paranoid. Now you're, yeah. you're seeing that circle's closing in on you. And the you. coolest part is when you, you've got your base all set up yeah. and then all of a sudden... It's not it's not going to be in the circle anymore. <laughs> and now you have to leave your comfort zone where yeah. you've been defending and fighting off all these people from outside flee. circles. Yeah. And they've had to come to you. And yeah. you're like, ah, suckers. Get them off. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're the sucker. <laughs> and you've got to just get in a car and so burn into the middle. The, did you see the vehicle f- physics? Does it look yeah. good? Oh, it looks great. And yeah. <laughs> this one guy was outside of the car and running like, whoa. And he's taking damage, and they would <laughs> slow down a little bit because they all have to take damage to let him in. Yeah. Uh, and you know, then they get in the car, books it, takes off, and they get to a new place. But obviously, it's well fortified. They all yeah, die. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but that's it. Stories. It's it, uh, playing CS in the day. You'd have occasional stories like your last man standing, and you you single handedly defeat the other team. Some clutch bomb or some something. clutch grenade. Some like. You spin around with like tiger reflexes and manage the headshot. Some guy coming right behind you, just like little things like that. But this, they are experience generators organically. In that something happens and you're like you're talking about with your friends the next day. Like, did you see that? How cool was that? And you can coordinate where it's like, oh, like in the video for it, if you go on Steam and you look at it, it's got a video of like teamwork where guys like blow at a hole in the bottom of a door and then one guy throws a grenade in there and where an enemy's hold up and he blows up and the guy comes out on fire and they just waste him <laughs> and it's like that's that's kind of cool that's neat it's emergent not yeah. necessarily emergent but it's neat stuff it looks fantastic too the graphics i mean i don't think i could play it i think you could maybe drop it down a little bit we we can we can sort something out Joel. <laughs> we'll figure it out um so on that note i think we're going to take a quick little break uh and then we'll be back with some some talks of grand battles uh, tournament style stay tuned
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of, <clears throat> excuse me, University of Guelph in Guelph, Ontario. What you just heard was the fighting, fighting theme from Final Fantasy VII. Some people argue the greatest JRPG of all time. I would argue it is not. Uh, I'm more obsessed with different, uh, the Square RPGs never got me. Tell me more. Uh, you like 2D? 2Ds were fine. It's the my issue is that I didn't grow up a PlayStation, uh, so a lot of people in that era would have grown up with Final Fantasy VII being ubiquitous, and everyone would have played it, and it would have been a big deal. But when I, by the time I looked at it, by the time, like even computer wise, like the port was terrible, and I didn't care about it. But by the time I did get to play it, it was just. Uh, I, I guess this is fine. I just, the the ship had sailed on Final <laughs> Fantasy VII for for Jack, and it, I'll lose some nerd cred, nerd cred on that. That's okay. But uh, why would you would you disagree? Is it Final Fantasy or uh... I like six, six? Oh, six is I played a lot of six actually. I played so much I don't know why I didn't <laughs> finish it. But <laughs> you didn't finish it. No, I played a, f- a decent amount of it, and then I don't know what happened. Maybe just life caught up, and I had to like I put it down for a minute, and by the time I came back, I was just like, uh, I forget what I'm doing. I think I played three and six, like two and three, two or three times. I don't think I had played any other. I think I tried to play two, and it was actually too bad for me. Is this like the Japanese too, or is this the North American? Because no I think they whatever pl- was on the ROM. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was gonna say like I think they played around with the um, the 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 numbering of the series. Like some of them were ported as like different entries in the series. But my go-to was always the uh, Shin Megami Tensei series, which is this. Uh, it was based off of this novel, basically involving uh, the idea that uh, demons invade Tokyo and uh, something to do with computers, and it was like a cyberpunk horror novel. And uh, I never read it, but the, they built this tremendously successful series based on it, and the most famous probably of which is called Persona, which I'm sure everyone's yeah. probably heard of at this point because Persona 5 came out and got incredible reviews and it's supposed to be very good, and I've played all the other ones except in the series, um, but I just haven't picked up this one because I don't feel like throwing down $79 dues on a game. Jeez. So it's uh, I'll wait for it to go on sale and I'll pick it up. Very nearly got Witcher, and now it's back up to that <laughs> price again. <laughs> Witcher, speaking of great RPGs, uh, but it's borderline not an RPG. It's, it's numbers go up, but it's more just like riding your horse, killing things, getting a haircut. <laughs> uh, so back to uh, the topics of the show. Um, the theme of sort today are is fighting, uh, specifically dueling <laughs> or tournaments, and... Um, the reason we bring this up is because, in case you weren't aware, Joel has a connection to uh, one of Guelph's board gaming cafes, um, and I'll let Joel take it from here. Maybe had. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not officially anymore, apparently. Oh, geez. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't know if you, uh, any of you many, many listeners are aware of this, but uh, this month at the boardroom was Tournament. Ah, Yes. So we started with, uh, what did we start with? Oh, classic Catan. <laughs> so before you go any further, uh, I think I think we've talked about it on the show before. I don't hate Catan. I just think it's one of the most overrated games or overplayed games when there's so much better stuff out there. But how how do you play a tournament of Catan? I am genuinely astounded of how to. <laughs> Is it a, an exercise in like game theory where people are openly like I have to help I need help myself and I have to help my friend in the process or my enemy in the process so let's help each other out and maximize my philosophy on Gitan was yes always trade because you're helping yourself and one other individual yeah and if you can 
trade with three different individuals, then you're helping yourself three times and right. you're helping each person once. Yep. So I I would never refuse a trade. Now is it do we enter bonanza territory where let's say if one person ah. is getting too good of trades and you're getting you're getting upset and you're just like this your eyes twitching because it's like stop trading with him. <laughs> There's always the idiot. Yeah, I mean not always I'll say, but uh, you know playing with my family is a good example of where yeah. my aunt or something will. Oh sure, I'll give you that. Uh, I'll give you that brick and that wood. What do you want, a sheep? Oh, sure. <laughs> I remember yelling at, when we played it at uh, Josh's the one time, that you were yelling at me for tricking Keaton into, like, making Keaton too good of trades. It's like, whatever. You're too good, Jack. The game's gone on too Just long. Just give him that smile. <laughs> and he can't say no. Yeah, right. The million-dollar grin. Ooh. Yeah, and that's another thing is just people that stop caring. Yeah. Catan is, uh, you know, if you're in a tournament and the stakes were pretty good, actually. What were they? Um, <laughs> Copy of Catan? Ultimate year pass. Okay. Uh, party for eight and a oh. party for four. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, so every one of these tournaments have had the same prizes. And so we've, we've had a pretty decent turnout. I think Catan had 12 players. Oh, good. Which is a good number. Well so did, did everyone go to four or was it three? Everyone did, yeah, I think we did three four-player games, which I probably would have split it up into three-player games just because it's faster. Mm. Right, four-player creates space. more of a dynamic, I suppose, with the actual trading. Whereas, That's anyway. true. Uh, so give us the details of the tournament itself. How did it go? Uh, it went pretty well. It was our first tournament, so it wasn't uh, all that smooth, but uh, we got we got through it, and uh, I think people had a fairly good time, yeah. Okay. Uh, going into the second week, we did code names. Which I thought was hilarious. Do you mean Kodename? Kodename. Okay, this one I'm actually curious about. It's because I've always wanted to see tournament code. I make jokes about it, I think, all the time. (laughs) But (laughs) what would be, what did did tournament code names look like? It's just like, would you play tournament Jenga? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I bet we could load up a video of tournament Jenga. Yeah, it's it's a dexterity game. People are probably pretty good at uh, pulling out bricks that are. I'm just imagining some, you know how there's that like little Asian guy that wins those hot dog eating contests? (laughs) I'm imagining some like giant burly. Uh, Romanian, who's the Jenga master, <laughs> just like these these sausage fingers. Like, how does he do it? Just They're perfect. Yeah. Anyway, uh, instead of fantasizing about these <laughs> this fictional gentlemen, let's say. still thinking about his hands. Code names. Going back on track. Code names tournament was hilarious. It was what you'd expect because. Coach names is a tournament. Uh, some people had two-player teams. I think that was the key. Two-player okay. teams did the best. So this wasn't it wasn't that regimented in that you needed to have three have people on a team. Two to four. Two to four. So you couldn't have more than four. I don't know why you would ever want more than four. Mm-hmm. But you had your code master and whoever else was guessing. Okay. Uh, so did you officiate it? Did you have to go around like making sure people weren't sending signals with their eyes or uh, laughing too much or... Yeah, well, the thing is that there was a lot of cheating going on. Was it on as purpose? As per the rules. Okay. But nobody cared. Okay. Because it was, it was code names. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that drives me crazy in code names, and that's just because I'm a stickler for the rules, and I'm always like, you can't do that, is when, um, let's say I know what you, you're going to say exactly. Uh, I'm the code master, and I'm yeah. given my clue, yeah. and then you point to whatever answer, and then I say... Oh, you idiot! Or, you know, or maybe you get it right, and I say, "That's the one I was trying to tell you from the clue before." <laughs> it's like, well, that yeah, one's yeah, now yeah. gone. Now yeah, nobody's yeah. going to consider that one, and right? Just 
it's a little masters need to keep their mouths shut I, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure i do it constantly too it's just like you, you're just sitting there and have we explain code names to, to people is it like yeah because yeah. we talked about how how is it not been a thing yeah yeah forever it's it, i i fall into it i you get so excited as a code master when you're sending out these clues you think are no i'm not going to say all my clues are excellent but when you send out something and somebody picks something completely random you go not what i was thinking but it, like it just slips out it's exactly so right no I, I know the feeling so it was happening and nobody on the other teams were complaining about it and they yeah. were also doing it so okay. we just allowed it yeah, yeah it was a very very loose turn so you didn't have like the uh the, i'm just imagining do you ever see the movie beer fest oh yeah we have the, the germans come in who are just like pros and they've just yeah. mathematically just figured out the angle. yeah yeah just anyway yeah so everyone's on the same page yeah this. perfect very nice so give me the highlight what uh did you see any outrageous plays like hail mary uh clues Nothing especially good. We saw some incredibly bad <laughs> plays. Uh, people picking the assassins like oh, turn one. Come like on. Like immediate assassin. Come on. Uh, we had uh, one team that played the through the whole tournament and didn't win a si every Every matchup, we had minimum three matchups. Yeah. Um, they played three games. Okay. They didn't win a single round. Was it? close a few of them were close but uh -huh. not close enough to yeah, yeah. be like oh, they now, got robbed did they just get outplayed seriously or are these people just they didn't know what they're doing it was and... two people that came as individuals they got paired up and they probably shouldn't start a life together because <laughs> <laughs> they're probably not meant for each other <laughs> incompatible comes to mind oh my god yeah and you know maybe they didn't have the best of time <laughs> oh jeez uh, what was the prize for codename? Same thing as... Uh... Same as before. Uh, I'd say it was a lot of fun. As a tournament, it was probably a complete failure. But as a fun event that the boardroom put on, it was great. Now, why do you say it was a complete failure as a tournament? Well, if you want to be respected as a tournament venue, <laughs> codenames, everybody's cheating and going nuts. Maybe because this, this is the first tournament for codenames. You know what you could do differently. Um, it was a learning experience. It was a learning experience. And I think the only way to solve it is to have... Like uh, someone watching every every table, you know, kind of like an umpire, and but then it's not fun but anymore. Then you're being a jerk. Yeah. yeah, it's like what's what, you have to draw the line. Is this a a fun tournament in quotation marks, or is this yeah. a very serious? No fun is allowed, and you just go on from there. Yeah. Okay. So, code names, Catan. Surely there can't be any other tournaments. Well, there's two left, Jack. Oh my goodness! It's four weekends in July. All right. It's turn a month. Uh, oh so my god <laughs> I really liked the third one I thought it was the best one so far mm -hmm. uh, and that's not just because I'm the only person that ran the tournament <laughs> but this was my tournament my this time your to baby. shine and it was also a decent game it was Ticket to Ride okay now this was before you when you were talking about this it was a very good, very good comment, Joel. Applauding me. <laughs> when you were talking about this, I was trying to figure out: Did you was it? Did you standardize it? Everyone was doing Ticket to Ride North America, or were you doing like someone was doing Europe, someone was doing Arctic because they're masochists? So the rules were dictated to me, and it was USA. Okay. Uh, which I thought it was going to be very kind of boring and rudimentary because I, to me, um, Ticket to Ride didn't really take off until Europe. And USA was always really easy because I thought, okay, well, people hoard a whole bunch of cards, collect to get the six ones, uh, and then maybe branch off and get some roots. Mm. 
Uh, and I, I always had the same strategy, which was get as many sixes as you can, finish your two routes, and get rid of your trains. Basically rush everybody down. Hmm. And it worked pretty well. Um, but I learned a lot about Ticket to Ride from hmm. like more advanced players in this tournament, <laughs> which is, I think, a sign of a good tournament when you get good people coming out. Yeah. And these people came to win, and they showed... That the game is not as simple as you thought it was, you know? I think, uh, like him or hate him, Tom Vassell has been quoted as saying, like, he's this huge Ticket to Ride fan. And he's been quoted in a couple of videos, I think, of saying, if you think Ticket to Ride is simple, play me and I'll beat you every time. Because yeah. there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. Absolutely. And this is what I've learned. So do you want to know what's different about Ticket to Ride when you play in a tournament? The first thing that comes to mind that I've never done is I'd be, I think... Because I, I think it usually ends up being multiplayer solitaire and that you eventually, sometimes you kind of get blocked or something. But I imagine active sabotage of someone else's routes along the lines of that mm. your routes are going to. So if you're looking at your route and you can see somebody building in this area, that you just start right where they are and start messing, trying to mess things up deliberately. But So much less passive collection of giant amounts of cards. Which is always like, it's a decent <laughs> strategy, and do. you never ever draw from the uh, face-up pile unless you desperately need it, because does North America punish you with only one wild if you do that? Nope. You If you are lucky enough to pull some top deck a uh, wild card, mm -hmm. you get to keep going. Oh, interesting. Oh, I meant more like if, so let's say if somebody went to the, the market. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, you'd never pull one. You only get one card. Yeah. So I was just curious about that. But anyway, please, I'm now I'm really curious about what the, the pros are doing. It was really neat. So I talked to one guy because he had been kicking butt. And basically, I guess what he's studied and what he's been studied. doing. Oh, my God. I don't know. Read all nine. No, no, it's great. Um, is to build a trunk, a nice big trunk through the middle, and then start taking those missions and just mission mission so mission mission branch, mission yeah. mission yeah and then just bing 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 uh branch out if you haven't already gotten there interesting and um the people that won consistently had more than five missions like they just took missions yeah. on and on and on until the trains ran out wow and rodrigo was telling me he played one-on-one -on -one against his wife and they took this to the extreme where they just kind of slowed the game down and started taking missions, or at least he did. And she maybe kept playing normally, but things weren't working out for her. And he beat her by 230 points. Like, must have gone on forever to How get that, that high. She must have had terrible luck if he was able to get 230 points off of... Because the game would just end, right? Yeah. She must have just been going super slow. I am. <laughs> that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. But we had some really cool events in Ticket to Ride tournament. Uh, one of the things that happened was, I wanted to mix it up. This was my tournament. I was going to run it my way. So I said, okay, uh, yes, you know what the prizes are, but say you're not doing so well and you know you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. I want you to keep having fun. Mm -hmm. So the longest road uh, or the longest route every time, I'll buy you a drink. Longest route every time. What do you mean? Longest route out of the round, out of all the games. Oh, okay. I'll buy him a drink. Okay. And people really loved that. They took to it. And one girl, guess how long her route was? <laughs> was it every train? <laughs> how many trains are in the game? 45. I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> she made a 45 train route and she got her milkshake and she was so happy. Milkshake? <laughs> what, did you, was it non-alcoholic? Was that the stipulation? It has to be non-alcoholic if it's coming from the vendor. You're not allowed to give away alcohol. 
sorry, I just choked on something. Don't worry about it, I'm all right. Uh, still, it's a nice gesture and I, I like what you're doing. Not consolation prize, but it's like, it's like going back to achievements. It's you may not be winning the game, but you've done something differently and weird that's gonna get you. I mean, if you have three fourth places, like, do you really want to go into the fourth game? No. Maybe you want to just go for longest road instead, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, so that kept people active, and I, the game was really the games were really lively, but also really by the book. Mm -hmm. And we had rulings. Uh, we had right right off the bat, actually, rulings. people said. Um, how many cards do we start with? Some people thought you start with five cards. You actually start with four cards. I isn't it just in the rule book? Isn't that easy? Just it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't have to make a judgment call. I just had to open up the <laughs> manual. Everyone gets half a card. But then I checked each other table, and they were all doing it wrong. So yeah. I had to go back, and, and you choose from three. You have to keep two as far as the destinations go. Yep. Oh, two. I always thought it was one. You get to, you take three, but you're required to keep at least one. But maybe in Europe, that's what it is. So it's like that's there's so many versions of it that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they found that that's probably broken. Um, the real story of the <laughs> tournament, though, was actually my wife, Sam. And people were teaming up trying to take her down because... <laughs> How do you team up and ticket the ride? Well, block the route. Yeah. Um, round one, round two, people weren't really noticing. She's quietly taking the lead yeah and um i'm not saying anything because i don't want to call people out on oh this person's ahead snipe them right yeah, so yeah. i'm not announcing the scores yeah but anyway round robin was three three rounds at the end of three rounds she had three first place finishes wow out of two games of four and one game of three that was another challenge of balancing was if you're in a three-player game you have a much better chance and mm -hmm. you're guaranteed two points so mm -hmm. i had to make sure that everybody had at least one three-player mm -hmm. game so, so did sam go on to win the entire thing yeah with 14 players she goes into the finals three and oh and you know i was doing other things and i come over and she gives me this look like She's just nodding. <laughs> I'm like, okay. She's, sure enough, she's already she already knew she won. Yeah. Before there was even, you know, there was still ten trains left or five trains yeah, left. Yeah. Just forget about it. It's incredible. Such confidence, right? Confidence, arrogance. Like, where where do you draw the line? <laughs> it's uh, it's still something else. And that I can't remember the last time I won Ticket to Ride. It's been a while. I think I've won Europe more recently. I don't think I've ever won uh, Iceland. Or the uh, Nordic. It? Nordic. <laughs> I'm 1-0, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I played uh, Kayla at lunch. But anyway, like I said, there were some good players out. There were some really good players out. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a great tournament. really enjoyed it. Uh, next week, Scrabble. So this is this is probably the most easy, like identifiable tournament game ever. Very though, much so, like, yeah. So is this going to be super anal? Is this going to be, like, solid by the books, like... Uh, upheld to like Scrabble tournament standards, or is this going to be a little more loosey goosey or a little fun? Yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't really, I wouldn't really want to play in a Scrabble tournament. Can you imagine the people coming out? <laughs> Lots of very well adjusted. They know a lot of two letter <laughs> words, Jack. <laughs> I don't want to brag. I'm not a bad Scrabble player. Oh, yeah. But two letter words are essential, and it's also. The reason two-letter words are so good is that when you start building words on top of other words and you're spreading out to grab these other bonuses and you're, you're just trying to make another word but you need it to fit. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere. And it's just like it doesn't quite fit up unless suddenly I've used all these three letters that don't make no sense. But when you go into the official Scrabble dictionary, it's like, yeah, this is a legit word. that yeah. you've made, He's made four words of this turn. How does that happen? <laughs> but 
it's yeah. it's fun and it's all about i remember the first time i ever played scrapple somebody really knew what they were doing and i was just astounded and i was frustrated because it's like your words aren't long they're just short and good and, and they're just the right hitting spots. hitting the spots and you're getting tons of points off these things and it's not about if you can if you're truly a genius or whatever and you can manifest a seven letter word that works perfectly good on you yeah but if you can pull a seven you know that's a big jump yeah 50 th points there's a great documentary about a scrabble tournament um I forget what it's called. Uh, maybe it was Scrabbled or Scrambled or something along those lines. And it was following a bunch of these different people who are like pro Scrabble players, essentially. And they go in the tournaments and guys are playing. You know how you go to... They remember in uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer or Looking for Bobby Fischer? Yeah, they got the guys in the park playing like <laughs> battle chess. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is the rap and hip hop of chess. It's edgy. There are people doing this <laughs> with Scrabble. Like they're throwing down boards and they're betting on... Like they're throwing cash down on like who's going to win these game and points per or bucks per points and stuff. It's something else. And just the devastation on people when there's this there's one scene and that's all I'll say the rest of about it is this guy is in this tournament and he's kind of like a uh, uh, let's say a flamboyant character in this thing. Like he's got a personality and he goes to this tournament and he's got he draws from the bag and it's just crap. He's got garbage letters. So he decides to do the thing where you chuck them away you lose your point you yep. lose your turn i don't know if you lose points or not but uh, you just yeah it's just a loss of a turn just a loss of a turn so he throws his letters in shakes them all up and draws the exact same letters again he just gets oh. up and leaves <laughs> he just goes and there it's on and then they just follow him as he crosses the border to mexico <laughs> and there's just something else just summed up the scrabble tournament but great little documentary um if you were to run these tournaments again what would you do differently because i'm curious how difficult it is to run these things it must be a lot easier with Facebook because you can actually have people like a name to a face too. Uh, RSVP. RSVP? <laughs> RSVP. <laughs> Not register retirement saving program. RSP? I know, that's what I just said. Oh, geez. Uh, but is it, where do you get people to sign up? Is it tough getting people to commit? Like, how many people flaked at the last minute and kind of like kicked you uh, in the knees before you left? Well, we had five or six flakes, but we also had quite a few last-minute show-ups. And that's one thing I would do differently to answer your question is to have a, you know, a dedicated uh, player list beforehand. Yeah, it's hard to do, right? Especially with such a casual uh, startup as mm -hmm. we are. Um, you don't want to turn people away that are just happen to be available last minute. Yeah. At the same time, the structure was very chaotic coming yeah. into it well okay this many people showed up so i'll set up this fourth board and uh well i'll throw three people on it and i just used um like a phone program just whatever i could find online to to generate mm -hmm. and then make sure people didn't match with each other again and everything yeah. like that so that was okay but uh it would have been nicer if it was more structured just uh coming into it and then also just having um i guess more following of um, people know what the destination is kind of thing. Like it's clear there's three round three round robins and the highest point I goes through. You yeah, yeah. But you don't really know how you're doing. You're just kind of plugging through it and then all of a sudden we spit out we spit out a result at the end and then there's a final game. Okay. For me, my greatest fear I could imagine is organizing this and having no one show up or maybe just one person or two people or three. And it's just like, this is sad. Did we tell you about the Star Realms tournament? <laughs> uh, four, six players? Four. It's still, it's, you can make it work. In my mind, as soon as I say it, I say like, okay, it's kind of tedious, but you play against this person, then you play against this person, you play against this person, and you can kind of shuffle around. You can just kind of do this like sort of conveyor belt style, yeah. but it's not the same. It's not what people I think signed up for. 
And then there's also the whole tough. game version thing, right? Like you were saying, like Europe and Nordic, whoa, those are great games. Yeah. Are you going to bring them in? The, you didn't tell anybody they were in them. Like the impossible. Star Realms where I sit down and it's a game I've never played before, right? No, know, it's impossible. You can't concept. do that. Especially because the mechanics and the maps are so different. Like, let's say people could be accustomed and used to playing uh, Europe and then they show up and it's North America. That's fine. Yeah. You can translate Europe into North America, I think, easier. I don't think it goes the other direction. I think it's a, it's kind of like, a, oh, geez, what, what am I into now? Because locations are also different, too. So there's a psychological aspect, especially of Nordic. Nordic, I still find myself, like, looking at the map after I played it probably half a dozen times, I still look at it and go, where was this again? And it, yeah, it doesn't right? help that they use the old names for it stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. It's like... And like they, I think they swapped the V's and W's for like a Vienna, Vienna, oh, Vienna. That's what they mean. Those yeah. jerks. <laughs> but it, to, yeah. code names, perfect. One version of code names of the word yeah. code names. But you could have thrown in pictures or something. Picture. Dirty code names. Dirty code names. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, so tournaments, you'd call them a success overall, though, right? Yeah, I think they went really well. Okay, that's cool. Um, so while we're on the subject of grand fights between. A bunch of people the other game i got to play this weekend which um my girlfriend wasn't as happy about playing but i was more intrigued by it because yes thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> was uh we got to play six player game of thrones and it's one of these games that i have extreme love-hate relationship with where the first time i played it i was like okay it's not bad nothing special i was second time i played it I was really mad at it. And then I think about it a little bit more and I'm like, I want to play it again. They play it again. I get mad at it again. And then, it, but as far as I'm concerned, it only works at six players because it's really balanced around everyone having a knife at their back and pointing a knife at somebody else. And if the second you remove that from somebody, it's like playing civilization without an entire area. So somebody can just spread into it and get a uh, section. But we played at six players up at the yurt. And uh, I, I was aware of the Greyjoys uh, limitation but oh, it, yeah. when you're playing six players there's a second person with that same limitation and it starts off with the Martells which is the, the green player down at the bottom and the limitation is for anyone who doesn't know is that the way the game works is that uh, there are three different influence tracks one is the you I can't make men <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> you, stupid you've got the iron throne which is like tiebreakers and making some uh, who goes first and whatnot, which is extremely useful as Jack found out uh, or, and then you have the fiefdom track, which is a sword which gives you a bonus in combat, and if it comes down to ties, you are the instant winner in a fight. Pretty cool. Um, and then there's the last one, which is a three-eyed crow, which I think is the most useful and powerful one, which lets you either change your... Um, so everyone secretly plans out their entire turn and reveals them, and then before anyone does anything, you can look at that and decide to change one of your actions based on what somebody else has done. Super powerful. Or you can look at the wildling deck. That's all right, fine, big deal. Or it affects the actions you can take because there are these things that have stars on them. And if you don't have a, any influence on this fief, or this uh, raven track, you can't play any of the tokens that have stars on them. Problem is, is that the star token, one of which is necessary to build more troops. And if you don't have it, you can't make more troops and you're at the mercy of these cards that show up at the end of every round. Might show up. Might show up. Theoretically, you could go an entire game without any mustering. Um, which is what they call in this game where you get some more stuff. So two houses start off with no stars whatsoever, and you have to claw your way up. But the problem is everyone wants their own stars too, and unless you've been super savvy and other people haven't been not, you are going to get outbid for this stuff every time. So you end up in this position where you have to play super smart 
and I played reasonably smart. <laughs> I don't think it was too bad. I screwed up because you I should have been raiding more because they can start off with boats and you should just be always raiding and anyone doing anything you should be taking money from them. Or ABR. A always be raiding, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's getting into some Game of Thrones stuff and it's this game by Fantasy Flight. It's fairly pretty even though I've got some complaints about the components like the the uh, the siege engines look exactly way too close to the knights. So half the time you're looking at the boards like, <laughs> oh, they got nothing. Never mind, they had a bunch oh, of knights. That's I wasn't five. <laughs> <coming> <laughs> that's, in, yeah. yeah, it's whoops, screw that up. Um, Just play diplomacy with me once, D and you'll how never long of a play game, game of How long of a game is diplomacy though? It's the same. You're saying it's uh, three hours, four three hours. hours. Okay, that's fine with me. I'm more than happy to play diplomacy. <laughs> it's just I didn't. But the thing is, I didn't hate Game of Thrones. This they time I didn't play it, or they, I lost. I didn't. Yeah. They took diplomacy and they added some More cool stuff. features, like the cards and a yeah. little randomness. They added, you know, uh, variety of things. So in diplomacy, you've got unit, unit, unit. In this one, you've got siege unit, yeah, uh, which is cool. Five for attack, no for de no defense. And obviously, you've got the coolness of the fact that it's Westeros. Yeah, and you've also got the, uh, like you're saying, like this license that the game, if they didn't have a Game of Thrones license, it would not be selling nearly as many copies yeah and i i i, I always think about because it's all the chapters so i always think about the poor people that pick this up thinking it's going to be this like <laughs> it's gonna be like risk <laughs> like and then it's like... oh my god what have i gotten myself into because it, it is it's a nightmare the rule book i've played it probably again half a dozen times spread it over like seven years or something and there's still fights about the rules where stuff comes in it's like what how does this work again how does that work? it's just typical of fantasy flight fiddliness where but anyway yeah it's but the the Greyjoy thing is just it, that's it for me. It, it's super. If you can't make a unit. Why are you even playing? You, you're gonna try to hopefully get a bunch of stars when you can't actually land on as many places as people, and then yeah. hope that you you know trick them into letting you uh, get into an area where you can outbid them later on. And that's the only thing I think of, unless you're super skilled. That the whole thing I think Greyjoy's be doing, and it's so difficult because you're so limited in your dis in your actions, partially because you don't have any stars. Is that you should be taking stuff and then leaving and then you just like kind of running away and like keeping people on their toes but it's so difficult to do in the game because you're not as mobile as it looks and, and if you had more things you could and if you, you had more things that, and the second you screw up like the second somebody attacks your stuff and let's say you're not able to get your troops out properly or maybe they attack you twice and it's an instant loss kiss those troops goodbye you're not finding them again for a long they long raid time. your support raid your support and which which is pretty cool i was getting nuked uh just left right and center just starting fight problem you, i think this is where the heart and soul of game of thrones is and it's not as explicit as that you need to be making alliances you need to be playing with friends and absolutely, and absolutely like teaming up on people and unfortunately in this game i i i had an alliance with the lannisters which were below me which was great that meant that we That's weren't butting heads um but I should have made an alliance with Kayla, who was the the, Stark? the Starks up top. Starks take a while to get to you. They take a while, but they just they have all this free stuff at the top, oh, and it's so great, frustrating. Yeah. And but the player at the bottom, who is um, uh, the Sand Snake people, like the the, the Spanish Dorn, Dorn exactly, or the Sun whatever Sunspear, Sunspear. Sun that's the capital. that's the word. Yeah, their capital. Uh, he was just allowed to really spread out and just like start knock on people's doors. Same, doors same with Martell because they had an alliance. And by the end, it was just like, which of these balls of death are going to hit my, <laughs> me first? That's and, funny. I've never, I've never played a game with Dorn because I think it's kind of you got to get players. their numbers up. Yeah, 
And they always look. There's always some very juicy castles down there's there. There's some basically whoever stuff. runs down there and picks those up first wins. That's that's the problem when you play with less than six, and it does take you some forces to get them because it's not just like you walk in. It takes you yeah. like six units worth of stuff. And in general, it's uh, like I said. I think Kayla was not as thrilled about the experience because it's <laughs> a, it took a long time too. It's not a fast game. No. Um, but. I don't know. I could. It was neat to try again at six players. I've never done it before. It's, or it's been a long time since I played at six. And um, I'll just issue an Android zone, jun, dungeon warning to anyone who hasn't played the game before: be prepared for a slog. Make friends. Yeah. Betray them. Talk to me. Uh, you think about playing a three-hour game. I've got about five or six better suggestions. <laughs> but that's it. And Joel, it's it's sad, but it's like that's what it boils down to: is that we've. If you're gonna play five hours worth of a game. Do you want to be Game of Thrones? It's maybe if everyone's having a ball and you're, this is your favorite game, knock yourself out. I'll, gi I'll give it one thing. It's immersive. Yeah. Oops. Didn't mean to make that louder. I'm tired of this medieval jaunty uh, music here. It, it, you do get into this world. It does feel like you're playing, especially because all the cards, like you're saying, has all the, the faces. From, my favorite fa characters from the show are in here. I don't know about you, but I really sink my head into it when I play it. But that's what drives me crazy, especially with the Greyjoys. It's just like, you're doing your best, but you've got a handicap. It really is a handicap. I think it should be, it's like, shouldn't be a handicap as much as, like, it's, it's pro mode. You don't hand it to somebody who's never played it before, and I think a really good player can, like, Crete, maybe. It's like winning with Booster Gold in DC. Yeah, bo Booster Gold. <laughs> is that what you won with at, uh... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I use my power maybe one. <laughs> I, I, I use mine a little bit, but anyway. Uh, this music indicates that yet again we have come to the end of a, another <laughs> enthralling episode Goodbye. of Androids. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Stay out of the rain that I think is going to be there. Uh, wear an umbrella. Or carry an umbrella. You don't wear an umbrella. That's weird. Anyway, have a nice day.